0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We had a great guest today, Claire Herring. She was the founder of Blue Ocean Brain and a former client here at Transact Capital. We helped her with her exit. She tells an amazing story. You're going to want to tune in. All that and more, so let's dive in.
1: Transact Capital presents Banking on Your Business with Jacob Robertson.
0: Good morning, Claire. Thank you for joining us today, and uh, really excited to have you on. And and again, we started this podcast to uh, equip business owners with the right information and the right tools to maximize their exit. Uh, we've had some exciting guests, but I think you're going to be one of the the best guests and one of the first guests that's really gone through the process. Uh, so take a take a you know real quick thirty second introduction, introduce yourself, and then we'll dive into a really good conversation here.
1: Sure. Thanks, Jacob. And um, I'm Claire Herring. I am the former uh, co-founder of Blue Ocean Brain, a company that was built right here in Richmond, Virginia. And today I'm excited to talk about um, how my co-founders and I sort of took it from an idea all the way through to fruition. Originally from Raleigh, North Carolina, um, I've lived in Richmond, Virginia now for about 25 years, so I think of it as my my home and super excited to be here.
0: Great, yeah. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're excited to have you here as well. And, uh, and so, yeah, you know, I think... Yeah, let's start the conversation off with, you know, tell that story initially. Uh, so the company Blue, Blue Ocean Brain, you know, uh, how how did that idea you know, formulate? Uh, and then what was the, you know, getting an idea and creating a, a business around it? Uh, so, did, yeah, talk us through that process.
1: Sure. So I guess I was a little bit um, of an older entrepreneur by certain standards, and for others, maybe not so much the case. But uh, my co-founders and I first met at Ernst & Young. Um, we were working on the consulting side of the house um, and navigated with our favorite partner over to Deloitte. And at that moment, we had the opportunity to uncover a missed revenue um, opportunity available to hospitals. We envisioned, you know, a few million dollars here and there. We actually ran up to a hospital in Fredericksburg, Virginia. They owed the government $2 million. But if you applied the same regulation, the federal government actually owed them $4 million. So oh, for a non-profit, yeah. nonprofit hospital, $2 million is a lot of money. Long story short, uh, it was actually a four billion dollar missed revenue opportunity for hospitals nationwide. If you apply it both retrospectively and in the current year, and so uh, the three of us, Laura Howard, Gemma Brooks, and I had the unique opportunity to be entrepreneurs inside a big four consulting firm. So we went from an idea um, to having you know forty partners around the country, their teams involved five hundred people in Hyderabad, India. Um, processing some of the work. And through that process, you know, we got the entrepreneurial bug of of growing and building a business. My background actually prior to consulting was in cognitive science. I was actually the director of neurorehab down at Florida Hospital for a number of years. So I've always been fascinated with how the brain works. And one thing that I discovered um, at Deloitte, we had a lot of really smart, hardworking people, but two things. One, nobody had time to um, invest in their own personal development, outside of mandatory training or mandatory conferences, um, and then two, uh, you know, the way that the brain learns best is in shorter doses, right? Versus these sort of hour-long or you know multi-hour sessions. And so, um, we did not see that as a uh, training opportunity available in the market. And together, we began talking about the idea of creating a micro-learning solution for corporate America. There were a couple years there. So micro-learning, when you think about in the corporate world, was not a concept people had ever heard of before. Um, And so there was no money in the budget. So a couple years were spent sort of educating the market, right? Fortune 500 companies liked the concept. In fact, Starbucks corporate was one of our first buyers because I think they were future-focused in terms of the world of learning. So we took a few years Um, really to find product market fit where we were selling. You know, fast forward, we have 10% market penetration in the Fortune 500. Mid-market, you know, it was definitely on board. So now um, maybe by 2017, we were starting to see, you know, a recurring revenue pattern. The sales process was more consistent. We were investing in growth and growth of our people. So we went from a team of five to a team of 15 to a team of 30. And even though we knew exit was a possibility, and I think in the back of our minds, the idea of, you know, selling to a strategic at some point in the future was exciting. We pushed that off at that moment more as like just kind of a, a wonderful idea for down the road. I really don't think it was until 2019 that we started having serious conversations. And just from a timeline perspective, we ended up selling at the end of 2021. So a full two years in advance, we started having those you know, more serious reflections and conversations um, about what to do next.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so as, as those conversations begin, you know, what was the, did you see changes? What, 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 obviously there were changes, that mm-hmm. you know, there had to be. Um, you know, what were the emotions and, and the thought processes at that point of, you know, you're trying to still run and grow a, a company, but at the same time you're positioning position it to, to sell. You know, so kind of walk me through what were, What, from your point of view, were the biggest impacts that that you saw at that time?
1: So, um, you know, from a revenue perspective, you're always looking for that hockey stick moment, right? You're wanting to carry the momentum forward. And when we started to see that occurring, I think that we felt like we weren't sure if we, the three of us, and the team that we had could grow it fast enough. Now, along our trajectory, we did not invest in a ton of internal infrastructure. So we actually continued to outsource our IT Um, our, uh, we had a fractional CFO. And so we were heavily focused on customer service, sales, and product development. And at that point, we really felt like we had the opportunity to turn that into, you know, a hundred million dollar business. And so we thought that looking for some strategic partners to help us do that, uh, made sense. Um, and would also be sort of a culmination for us of, you know, how big, what we thought was a great idea could become.
0: You know, walk me through... What led to you know that partnership? Uh, sure. you know, how, how did you find us, and and what what really stood out as some of the most impactful and positive aspects of that?
1: I didn't know anyone um, directly at Transact, but they had such an outstanding reputation here in the community that I had several people make that as a suggestion and a an introduction. Okay. Um, the initial conversation was great. We talked to Patrick Moran. He took a genuine interest in understanding the business. Um, he also was able in a, in a really humble and, and sort of uh, just enjoyable, you know, humorous way to instill in us a lot of confidence in him. You know, he knew his business. Um, he asked really smart questions, some of which we'd not even considered yet in terms of what we thought we would ne- our next steps would be. So we saw Transact as kind of an educational partner for us right out of the gate.
0: Yes. Yeah, great. Yeah, great to hear. I agree. Yeah, and that, that's, you know... One thing we really try and pride ourselves on, and, and focus on, is yeah, there's there's a skill set in growing and running a business, uh, then there's a skill set in exiting the business and and, and achieving that exit. So, uh, from your point of view, I'd like to hear, you know, what were the things that after you started to talk with Transact and, and Patrick, what were the the changes in in how you perceive the business and what did you focus on? And say, okay, this; these are the items that are really going to maximize our exit versus, you know, things that we, you know, hadn't thought of before. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of walk me through that from your point of view. You know, after that meeting, after you started to interact with Transact, what were the things you started to hyper focus on to maximize that exit?
1: Sure. Um, one of the things that we needed to get done right out of the gate, and this was Transact's advice, was to go ahead and do an initial valuation, and depending on the maturity of a company's business. Uh, you know, that that number could be more stable. In the case of, of Bluish and Brain, we were growing rapidly. So Patrick recommended a valuation, and then we actually did a second valuation six months later, okay. which okay. changed significantly. There were also some other conditions in our external market which were really favorable. So during that time, the advice we were given were to, you know, look at our revenue streams. He helped us to understand how we would be valued if we were to sell um, he asked us some important questions about potential strategic partners that might take an interest in buying us. And then he brought to the table some ideas around financial partners um, that could take an interest. And so there was that six-month window between valuation one and valuation two, which allowed us to kind of hone our focus, look at our revenue streams. And we were thrilled six months later, um, you know, at where our valuation sat and we were ready to go ahead um, and try and make a bold move and take it to market. And at that point, you know, we were in good hands and we really, we'd never gone to the table before. It was our first and only time. So having someone sort of walk us through what each step was really made it, really wasn't scary. Now don't get me wrong, behind the scenes between the three of us, you know, there were some intense conversations, but um they were mostly positive, right? They were. It was, you know, how to make the right decisions, what to do, how to how to ask good questions, and the whole bucket of what you don't know, you don't know. Those were the kinds of things I think we stressed about the most. Most.
0: Yes. Yeah. And that's that's great to hear. And so, you know, as as you go through that, uh, you know, was there a, a point when it became to feel real? Like, wow, the, this company that I started, uh, you know, from the early days of just. Fighting every day to to get a foothold, to now, wow, an exit is on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Was there just like a singular moment that stood out to you of like, wow, yeah, this is actually happening? Um, uh, and and what were the emotions behind it at that at that time?
1: Sure, um, I think the amount of interest from the market we received um, once we sent and what's it called the SIM book?
0: Oh, the SIP. Yes, the SIP. Yes. Yeah, we. Yeah.
1: You know that goes out there, and then just you know the fact that dozens of organizations were signaling. certain amount of interest you know we didn't know how normal or unusual that was and that's another way i think transact helped is you all were able to benchmark for us you know this is a very positive sign relative to other things that we've seen um it started to get real then um you know we ate a lot of steak dinners with a lot of organizations that flew in to have conversations with us that felt real Having spent a number of years in Big Four Consulting, I think, made some of those meetings and conversations easier just because all three of us had kind of lived in a world where you were constantly having to uh, state your case and, uh, you know, take it through due diligence on behalf of someone else. Now you were doing it for yourself. Um, But then I felt like things accelerated, right? So this all started in uh, June when, when the book went out, and we were able to close by late November. So that's a pretty fast process for us. It felt real every single day. There were a few twists and turns. But the other thing that uh, was helpful to have guidance on was, you know, we did some due diligence on our side under your advice. And so um, we were so buttoned up. There were really no surprises on our end that when people asked the questions um, coming from the potential acquirer, we were ready for those questions.
0: Great. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that that's awesome to hear. And and so, you know, the next question is, you know, when, when a lot of people think about exiting their business, they think it's the book is open one day and then they close it and, and then they walk away from yeah. it. And that, that's a reality for some people. But, you know, if you go on the Blue Ocean Brain website today, you know, you're still on there. And, uh, and so kind of talk us through uh, and I'd be curious to hear from, you know, all the partners, you know, what? what was your exit reality? What what actually happened when you know the, the sale was complete? Uh, and how involved were you and how involved were the partners? And what's the future look like?
1: Sure. And I just want to say for, for anyone listening, you know, I realize the conditions are different every time. And I do believe timing is everything. And so with all humility, timing was really in our favor. And what I mean by that was the terms of the sale um, were mostly in our court in terms of th- what we would do after. And again, with three co-founders, you know, everyone had a little bit of a different preference. The most important thing was our people. So we wanted to make sure that the acquirer we selected um, was gonna take great care of our people. And we knew on our end that meant we wanted to stay behind for a period of at least several months to make sure when that turn occurred that things went well. Mm-hmm. Um, long-term, um, we had one partner who was ready to retire, Um, We had another one, again, 17 years in age between the three of us. We had one who has elected to stay on with the organization and actually, you know, participate in sort of the next phase with them. And then I sit in the middle. I um, was full time for the first year after sale, uh, which was my choice. And now I've moved into a fractional role and I'm really only working five to 10 hours a week. Um, as an advisor to the acquiring company. And um, I I love that, right? Because I'm still young um, and I'm still excited about what the company's doing. And so it is possible to have sort of a, a hybrid way forward. I think for anyone going through the process, asking the questions, right? Trying to understand what your acquiring company wants, but also what you want and not being afraid to speak up and sort of communicate and have that conversation while you're working out the terms Assuming the timing is in your favor.
0: Great. Yes. Yeah. And congratulations. I mean, that, that, that's Thanks. great to hear for all, all three of you. So, so as we, you know, think about, uh, you know, walking away and in, in some final uh, pieces of advice or, or, or insights, uh, again, focusing on this audience, say they're two to four years out, you know, it's in the back of their, their mind. What would you say if you had to boil it down to one or two, you know, key points that, that they could take away? What, what are those key points from your point of view?
1: Sure. Um, and hindsight is always 2020. So that's right, you know, yes. it's nice yeah. to be sitting on this side of it. My my feelings for people who are going through it on the front end. Um, you know, you have to think about what is the value of your organization. Certainly there is, you know, recurring revenue and that will always be a, a focus, but your people are often your greatest asset. And an acquiring company, um, depending on what they plan to do with you, is gonna pay a lot of attention to that. So I would consider a two years out really taking stock in opportunities for growth and development for the people that you have on the team, taking a review of the things that are um, in-house for your organization versus maybe things you're outsourcing from an infrastructure standpoint, Um, and then also being clear about the type of revenue that you're bringing in, right, and how that lines up um, with other organizations like you. Finally, I think you have to look in the closet, whether it's tech debt or, you know, maybe you need to clean up some of your financial reporting. It's never too early to start on some of that, and it's going to make it a much smoother process and you have a much higher likelihood of going all the way through close by doing a lot of your housekeeping early. Unfortunately, I have one partner in particular, Gemma Brooks, I think, who did a stellar job helping us with that, um, but certainly Transact held our hand through the whole process.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean that's great to hear. And uh, and so yeah, I mean, what's the uh, what's the future look like for you? You know, any any exciting plans uh, as you look look forward?
1: Sure. Um, I am uh, on the board of Lighthouse Labs, which is an accelerator based in Richmond, Virginia, helping other entrepreneurs um, grow their organizations. Um, And that is something I've done for several years. That's exciting. I enjoy that. I still have two children: one in college, one in high school. Um, and I'm enjoying those last couple years of high school. My husband and I um, are both kind of taking a deep breath in and out before we decide on what we might like to do next, but I'm really glad that I kept a, like a toehold in Blue Ocean Brain and get to continue to support and and help in areas where I have passion and ability, um, because that's just fun stuff, right? That's why we did it, and I think Companies today more than ever need to continue to invest in developing their people, um, and I still truly believe Blue Ocean Brain is is the solution that can help organizations do that.
0: Well, that's great to hear. Yeah, and, and, and exciting. So, well, best of luck to you. Thank you again for joining us, and uh, we look forward to uh, to staying in touch.
1: Thank you, Jacob, and you know really appreciate all the work you and the team at Transact did.
0: Oh, yeah. Happy to help. So, thank you.
1: Transact Capital presents Banking on Your Business with Jacob Robertson.